Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker, Kayla. Wow, full crew. We don't have enough seats for everyone. This is amazing. How is everyone? I'm doing really good. Um, You know, the world lost a legend last night, so uh, a little bummed about that, but... You know, R.I.P. Mr. Scully and uh, props to his family and everything at this time. I just, my childhood is gone right now. It's just so, so bizarre to even, I mean, I, I get it. He was 94, and but still, it's still like a huge gap, yeah. right, in the city of Los Angeles and uh, especially for Dodgers baseball. Yeah, no, it's it's it was a sad day yesterday. Um, you know, I know we'll be talking about that, but he was instrumental in not just not just baseball, broadcasting in general. Yeah, I know. I mean, we'll get into it, but it's just tough when, I mean, you know, I mean, he's 94. I knew he wasn't doing very well, but it's just yeah. something that it, I saw a tweet that said it could have been another 94 years and it still would have felt too soon. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that sums it up pretty well. Between you and Jihei Arash, I'm curious, uh, Chick Hearn and Vince Scully, which one had a bigger impact on, on each of you? It's one and one A, and I was so blessed, you know, when Vin passed away, like, that, that was my first thought, that I was so lucky. And I definitely knew that because you go around the country and it wasn't a local broadcaster like you go around the country they knew chick hearn they knew vin scully and so to have those two guys um so lucky so blessed but 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 vin in particular i, I think you know when chick passed away i was still at the beginning of my career i was in college i believe when he passed so i had met chick once but we weren't closer i mean i got to know vin and so um and jake that's a great point 94 years old but it still was like it hit me so hard yeah the the moment of silence actually in the broadcast was just i think how everybody felt right everybody felt like that moment sorry that moment of silence where you're just you're so choked up you can't even words can't even describe you know what he what he meant to the city of la and probably to thousands upon thousands of oh, kids yeah. out there right that have heard his his voice over uh the radio and over yeah. um, dodger baseball um i guess to answer your question i mean both both to me yeah. in all honesty i mean 
the butter's getting hard, the jello's jiggling. Like, you can't make up, like, who makes up stuff like that anymore? You yeah. know, you can't, um, I don't think we're ever going to have a broadcaster like either of those two. Either of Chick Hearn and, and Vince Scully. I mean, they're it, it's a, one of a about, kind. Yeah, we talk about yeah. once in a generational talent. Those two are once in a lifetime talent. You'll never ever get those guys ever again, and it's it sucks. <laughs> I'm just I'm just not going to yeah. sugarcoat it. It just sucks. A lot to get to today. So with that said, let's get to today's headlines. Brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit circusports.com for details. Hit it, Caleb. Well, we already touched on it a little. Sad news. Hall of Fame broadcaster Vin Scully passed away Tuesday at the age of 94. He was the voice of the Dodgers for 67 years, you guys, and the soundtrack of many Los Angeles sports fans for six decades. He has been called the greatest broadcaster in the history of not only baseball, but in all sports. What was his impact on you? You know, when you have a man like that, and, and the beauty of Vince Scully, like you felt he was your friend. So when he called a game, it wasn't just the pitch count. I mean, he told you stories. He told you stories about his life. He told you stories about the Brooklyn Dodgers. I mean, when you think of his career, 67 years, he was the play-by-play voice of the Brooklyn Dodgers. He had Jackie Robinson stories. So when you talk about, you know, him calling the game, you felt a connection. And so, and then he was was the one guy that when I began to cover these games, I was so nervous. And then someone told me like, Vin is like the nicest guy here. Go up to him and say hi. And I did. And he remembered my name. And he remembered the, the names of the security guard. And the, the I mean like the and what you love to have is for your heroes to be that nice. And so that's what I will take from it. Vin Scully um, really teaching me um, how to handle yourself. A pro's pro, but so lucky, and we touched on it, to be in Los Angeles. Chick Hearn, Vin Scully, Bob Miller with the Kings. And so... Um, you know, when I think of growing up here, so blessed, not only because it's Los Angeles and whatnot, having those three guys for sure. I mean, and the fact that, you know, uh, other franchises give you that kind of due in that respect as well, right? I mean, San Francisco, where obviously the Dodgers are not exactly liked. Um, yeah. They have, they've named a hall after him. And, the, you know, like certain things like that where you just... That's never. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again, right? I, You're going to have somebody like that. I think this is summed up as like baseball lost a piece of itself and it'll never get it back. Absolutely. Similar to like when Kobe died in basketball, it just feels like the NBA is a little more broken, like a piece of it died with Kobe. And I know that was more of a surprise. Vince Scully was way older, 94. At some point we knew, unfortunately, he was going to pass. He lived a long, you know, great life. But it's still surprising. And a piece of baseball died with, with Vince Scully. You know, you'll never get it back. It's similar to Kobe in basketball. I still feel that. I still feel like the NBA just isn't the same without Kobe being alive. And it's the baseball is the same way. When Vince Scully retired, baseball is not the same. And now since he's died, baseball will never be the same. Yeah, it, it's rare that someone who is undisputedly the best at what they did passes on right and, and once that happens it'll never be the same but vin had a way as a broadcaster to bring in like every kind of fan whether it was the casual fan because vin would talk about anything right i mean he would best storyteller that i've ever heard um, easily would talk about things that had absolutely nothing to do with the game of baseball but would find ways to bring in fans that truly just were watching the game because maybe they were watching it with someone who was interested in the game and they had nothing else to do i mean it was he was 
as good as it gets and it will he will never be the same i mean the ba the game of baseball he was the voice of baseball right and you're never going to get that back i think this was summed up really well in a tweet that i saw last night from um from doug padilla who's covered the dodgers for the uh, orange county register he said vin welcome to spring define the summer and ushered in the fall i mean he was a staple in everyone's household and as as you said because of the way that he broadcast games and the things he would talk about he you felt like you got to know him even if you never said a word to him in your life like it felt like you were watching the game and because you got to do it every night with someone who you got to know more and more over time it made it that much and it more feels special like, right and it, and it feels like we've lost a friend and i never met vin i never had the opportunity to do that but i felt like he was someone who even as a young kid watching games i was i was close to yeah, I mean, Jake, you, you all summed it up so beautifully. The man, more than anything, taught me the art of humility and the story that you told Arash about the way that he was larger than life, but he still had that humility to look at every person as being equal and treating them as equal. Um, it's rare when you reach those kind of rarefied heights in terms of success, in terms of, you know, popularity. Um, the thing that I'm looking forward to is I'm sure the murals are going to pop up all over Los Angeles, just like they did for Kobe, just like they did for Chick Hearn and well-deserved because me, I, I came from the Midwest. I came from Chicago. And as soon as I moved here, the first thing that, that kind of caught my attention was Vin Scully's voice being on, um, it was KCAL 9, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, KCAL 9, and it was just a recurring theme of, of you have a bad day, you turn on the baseball game, and you hear Vin Scully's voice, you hear his storytelling, and it just made such a tremendous impact on so many lives in this area and around the world. Yeah, one thing I do want to add really quickly is I do want to give my props to Joe Davis and Jessica yep. Mendoza last yeah. night for the way that they handled everything on a whim um, and the way that Joe kind of just found a way to make a one-run ball game last night entirely about Vin yeah. and, and you know kind of just paying his respects through the game. Um, and Oral Hershey was on after Oral Hershiser was on after the game and talked about how there are things that they do in their broadcast that they studied while Vin was on his way out and they were on their way in because it's just things that LA fans have come to expect. Like saying you know the count after every pitch or whatever because that's not something you have to do every anymore. You know it's on the screen, it's right there. Most broadcasters don't. They do just because that's something that Vin did for 67 years that LA fans have become so accustomed to. He His legacy is so rooted in the Dodgers and in the game of baseball and in just the broadcasting in general that, I mean, he'll his, his legacy will be here forever. What I'm going to try to do right now, his last call was against the Giants in San Francisco. And so that was kind of, uh, you know, unique that that's when um, we found out about his passing. So let me see if I can uh, play this right now. Let's see. Um, I will have Jihei play it, so I, I queued it up, but um, it was perfect. I mean, Vin in his last game, and you were just happy to hear him. And let's uh, hear him now. You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a 67-year career in baseball, and they wished me a wonderful retirement with my family. And now all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. For every problem life seems a faithful friend to share, for every sigh a sweet song, and an answer for each prayer. 
You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, oh, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be. It's hard to listen to that now without getting, I mean, it's, it's, um, he had such a way with words and I just tough to, um, you know, know that he's not here because he did such a good job even in retirement being there for the big moments when the Dodgers won the World Series. He was there and they played him on the big screen and things like that. And when Gil Hodges uh, got into the Hall of Fame and we did not hear from Vin, to be honest, that was the first moment that I knew that probably he was not in the best health. That was the one thing that he was always, you know, he loved the game so much, but he said Gil should be in the Hall of Fame. So I'm glad he at least saw that. But um, that was my first kind of sign that like if, if he's not even recording something, um, you know, he, he may not be in the best health. But yeah, so blessed, so lucky to have Vin Scully for so long. Yeah. Well, guys, the San Diego Padres completed one of the biggest trades in baseball history at the trade deadline in acquiring Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Now that you've had some time to think about it, what are your thoughts on the trade one day later? And what were some of the other trades that stood out to you? So I'll focus on the Juan Soto deal just because, again, it is such a massive deal. And we really do have to kind of view it as one of the biggest trades in baseball history. 23 years old, one of the top five, top three, some may even say the best player in the game. Two years left on his deal um so the beauty of this is that i think it really sets up for a fun dodgers padres postseason rivalry not only this season perhaps but moving forward you're gonna get fernando tatis back within uh, two weeks they got machado now they got Juan Soto. I mean, th- this is this is going to be a lot of fun. So again, the the, the, the Padres are not going to catch the Dodgers with with the division. The Dodgers are going to win the division, but I think the Padres are the best team, perhaps. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, if you don't agree. The best of the wild card bunch. So I would not be surprised if we see a Dodgers Padres playoff series. By the way. We got one in Texas, but like that didn't have the same vibe, right? Yeah. I mean, it was there was no fans. It was in Texas. If you get at Petco Park, Dodger Stadium, that's gonna be fantastic. And it's it's gonna be similar to the Giants Dodgers series last year, right? I mean, that was just there were tons of emotions. That was an intense series. If Max Scherzer isn't on the Dodgers, the Giants win that series. I know that's a big if. Obviously, he was on the Dodgers and they won that series. I don't think the Padres will beat the Dodgers, but I think they can. I I, I mentioned to Jake yesterday. I think they can go. Totally to toe with their pen and their pitching staff. I know Hader hasn't looked good lately, but he's still the best closer in baseball. I don't care what anybody says. Um, and then, look, you got Joe Musgrove. You got, I mean, and look, the Dodgers, the Dodgers staff got exposed yesterday. Anderson's been good all year. He was terrible in that inning. And then Dave Roberts left him in, or Andrew Friedman, whoever's making the calls. A lot of people say Dave Roberts is just a front man and Friedman makes the decisions. But they left him in too long. I could tell he couldn't control his, his pitches. And if that's an indicator of what's going to happen man they really should they really hope walker bueller and dustin may come back and dominate because they're going to need that if gonsolin kershaw and anderson continue to pitch iffy the rest of the year 
you know so I mean if that's the case the Padres very well could could beat him in the series I mentioned to Jake yesterday I think the Mets and the Braves have a good shot to beat the Dodgers in a series but I don't see the Padres yet until they can show me what they do with Tatis coming back Soto and then Darvish looked good yesterday but I need more of that to really think that they can beat a juggernaut like the Dodgers in the playoffs yeah, I mean, just in terms of the trade deadline yesterday, it was kind. Of, I mean, I'm just kind of focusing more on what teams didn't do, like Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, were yeah. hugging in the Cubs dugout, essentially crying after the last game at Wrigley last week, didn't get moved. I don't know what the Red Sox are doing, um, trading for Tommy Pham, not trading JD Martinez or Nathan Eovaldi on expiring deals doesn't make a lot. They're like trying to toe that line of selling and buying and staying somewhat competitive, but I don't really understand what they're doing. It's like the Giants. Then, yeah. yeah, but then when, the Giants didn't trade Rondon or Rodon. They didn't trade Jock Peterson. Yep. It was just weird. But the Do- I was really, really confused with what the Dodgers did yesterday, right? They made a move for Joey Gallo, which was weird. Yeah. Um, trading Clayton Beater, who was a former compensation pick after the second round. He's good. Who's yeah. I mean he's Owen. He's not having a good year but. Not in, in the minor leagues, but I mean he's not terrible. Um which at the time just felt like a move for the sake of making a move. That Gallo thing. I mean I don't hate it if it's necessary if it's essentially risk free. Um given that we didn't give up much to get him. Then you trade Jake Lamb to Seattle, which I guess you had to do to open up a roster spot. And then you trade Mitch White to Toronto. That's a good trade though. Which I guess makes That's sense. That's a good trade. Frasso's amazing. I like Frasso a lot. Um, LMU guy, but everyone, I don't, I'm not trying to toot my own torn horn here, but on a day like yesterday, people kind of do text me because I have just read into this more than they have like the casual fan, like are the Dodgers going to make a move? Who are they going to get? And all day I'm like, they're going to get someone. I mean, there's no way they're going to sit around and do nothing. Other teams are improving. Something's going to happen. And then they did nothing. Like, I don't think the, the bullpen that we've been talking about, Duarte brings it up every time he's on the show. The, the main, the main issue here is bullpen help. And it hasn't, they didn't do anything to address that. I mean, they're banking on the fact that Trinan, Gratterall, Dustin May, Walker Bueller, Chris Taylor, Victor Gonzalez are all going to come back and be impact guys in September and October. And I don't think you can count on all of those guys coming back. I mean, you see guys come back from injury all the time. There are setbacks. Things get, you know, they they trigger injuries again. It's just they're not the same guy they were pre-injury. And I don't think that the Dodgers can count on all of those guys or four or five of those guys and, to come back and be the guys they were before. And this is a hot take. I like the Gallo deal. I think with him, it's a lot of it's mental. He'll never, he's always a three outcome guy, but he's going to be better on the Dodgers. There was a lot of, I mean, Gallo couldn't even is go out. Is that like a change? Like scenery. Know, yeah. He couldn't scenery. go outside yeah. in New York. Did you, did you happen to read his interview? I saw the other that. Day? Yeah. 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 It's yeah, so sad. Yeah. And this is, this and is, by the way, New York is different. Like Los Angeles, this is a big market. This is not the Yankees. I mean, if you, like I lived like in gee, you can touch on this. I mean, when you're in New York, it is talk radio. It is the back page of the paper. The Yankees are the Yankees, but like I mean, it is like the volume turned all the way up. The, there's yeah. not this pressure here. No, God, no, no, definitely not. I mean, that is their number one team. Yeah, it's it's Yankees or bust over in in the city. It's, well, that's because the Knicks yeah, have been terrible for years. No, but, but I don't care who you are, what team you are, what city you're in. If you have a player on your team who says that he will not, they ask him what it's like when he walks around the city, <laughs> and he says he will not walk around the city because he does not want to show his face. That's embarrassing. You've gone too far. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know New York, it's ruthless. They'll let you know 
if you're not doing well, which the media is fine. Is harsh. The which media is, is fine. Harsh like there. the fans, like the fair criticism, like Joey Gallo on the field not performing this year. If he stepped up to the plate and they want to let him know they're not happy, he's sure. gonna be. But, but if we're gonna take it to a point where it's like personal attack, where the guy genuinely yeah. doesn't want his face to be seen out in public, like I feel like we've. And I'm telling you, long. this is one of the best uh, like power bats in the league when he makes contact. And he's I probably I, I the think... best pure power hitter that's been on the Dodger roster in a very long time. So yeah, Jake, could you make that argument for Westbrook then? Because I mean, he kind of has that similar yeah you could okay you could okay for sure okay. i'm not i'm not letting us off the hook definitely okay. not okay I'm just saying because like if we're gonna that's, give, we gotta that's get. a great comp. That's a great comparison. Just just because I mean sometimes a change of scenery means something but, in terms of if you can't even walk around in your community, you can't even w- walk around. Um, you know, it, it'll be tough. I mean, it's look it, the see the see. I don't like the comp because Westbrook was intentionally terrible to his teammates in that exit meeting. Gallo is a great teammate. He's done nothing to demean I don't his think teammates. Westbrook came here with the intent of being bad, no, but he but started. Blaming other people and he doesn't take Listen, responsibility for anything. The, He's a bad teammate. The turning point was when he knew one of his teammates, LeBron, GM, basically wanted yeah. to move him. And it, exactly. It's, it's hard to move forward. That's why I don't think that there's a scenario where you can just say, okay, like, we're good now. No, man. Like, you wanted me shipped out. Like, you wanted me gone. So that's why when they're sharing the court in Vegas, and we'll touch on this in the next segment, it's you can't just move on past that. I mean, that, that is the point yeah. of no return in the relationship. He needs a, he needs to be on a different team, and he'll thrive. Theory. He'll thrive, for sure. And I think the way that the fans are here, I mean, listen, you had fans chirping with the home team. I had never seen that in all my years here in Los Angeles. I mean, like, when you got these home fans, and again, they love the Lakers. They want them to win, and they're like trash-talking not just Russell Westbrook. They're trash-talking LeBron, and LeBron's talking back to the fans. So, but listen, when, when, when you have something so bad, and this is sad, when you can't even leave your house, you can't walk around because you're, you know, concerned about, and I don't know if he's concerned about his safety, but, you know, people are going to scream things, and so... Listen, we'll, we'll uh, talk about this more in the next segment. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Grant and Mona when we return on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit circasports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. 
Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. Let's go out now to the Circa Sports Guest Hotline, Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details and here he is our good friend Grant Mona Grant who by the way I read the uh, you know I, I read the prompt and everything you actually just came back from Circa yeah I was just gonna say it's my first time at Circus Sports and my god what a beautiful facility they have over there I mean the sports book is amazing I highly recommend everyone check it out um, it's the best way to watch sports. So, um, yeah, go ahead and check that out. It's awesome. No, it's tremendous. I'm glad you saw it for yourself. Uh, Grant, listen, we both grew up as fans of the Dodgers. You are younger than I am. But uh, when you heard about Vin Scully passing away, your thoughts? Yeah, um, you know, he's, he's kind of the voice of L.A. Um, it's, it's so unfortunate to hear of his passing uh, at, at 94. Um you know, he's the voice of LA for a long time. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm much younger, but I, I do know that, you know, he was the voice of LA for not just my generation, but for generations before. And, you know, my father as well, um, you know, he's been a Dodger fan his whole life and, you know, used to call games for him back in, uh, back in the day. And, um, you know, it's so unfortunate, but I, I'm glad he got to see at least one more title in 2020, um, before he went. Um, but, yeah, Ben, he's going to be missed sorely. I mean, it just wasn't it wasn't just on the field and in the booth. It was off the field as well. He was such a, a great, uh, you know, a kind guy, um, very wholesome, um, him and his wife both. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to hear of his passing. But hopefully, you know, hopefully the Dodgers can, you know, replicate what the Lakers did for Kobe and go win one for Vin. So. Yeah, Grant, I want to talk to you about the uh, trade deadline that went down yesterday. We talked about the Dodgers making their, their sole move for Gallo. Um, kind of want to focus more on the Angels side of things here. Got rid of Noah Syndergaard, Rysel Iglesias, and Brandon Marsh, which really surprised me, um, given that they're not going full rebuild. I didn't necessarily see them moving you know, younger talent. Uh, what are your thoughts on those deals, and do you think that either team should have done anything differently yesterday? Um, not not surprising to see Iglesias and um, you know Cindergard go, um, just because I, I think that there were rumors around that for a while. Um, you know, Iglesias was kind of like a, a buzzer beater trade deadline deal, um, and, but I really like the prospects they got in return. I mean, they got um, a great catcher, they got some good arms, um, and it was basically a salary dump. But I, I, like like you said, I don't agree with the Brandon March trade. I mean, I don't understand. Brandon Marsh is kind of a, you know, he was like the 11th prospect in baseball a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, he had a lot of upside. I really liked his game. He played some pretty good defense. His hitting didn't come around as much as people would have thought. But, you know, he, he stayed steady. I mean, he was hitting 250, 240, 250, which isn't awful. I mean, it, it's better than the likes of Cody Bellinger and stuff like that. So I, I don't understand that aspect. I thought they would probably trade Adele first because Adele – I mean, I understand that he was one of the top prospects, but he's just been kind of a disappointment for Angels fans and kind of for baseball his whole career. I mean, he's been up and down AAA and Major League, so I thought he would be the one to be traded. But they go ahead and, and trade Marsh, which is kind of a questionable move. I understand that the prospects they got back and you know what they're trying to do, but they basically went full rebuild without giving away Otani and Trout. I mean, 
uh, I, I don't really see it. I, I don't know what their plan is. I don't know. If it's like they're one foot in, one foot out in terms of rebuild and stay competitive for next year. Um, so it remains to be seen, unfortunately. I mean, the Angels are way out of it now. It sucks. But, um, yeah, it's it's questionable for me to trade Marsh when he was one of the most promising guys you have. Yeah, and Grant, I also wanted to bring up the Glacius thing. He still had three years, 40, what, 48 million. So, I mean, Atlanta's taken all right, of that right. salary, and now the Angels can use that for arbitration with Otani and maybe an extension if they can ever convince him to stay. I know we don't think that's going to happen. Or they could go get Rodon in the offseason, although Artie, he's not a big enough name for Artie Moreno, usually likes the superstars, right? Even though Rodon's possibly the best left-handed pitcher in the National League this year. Um, Grant, I wanted to ask you about the Padres getting Soto, and now do the Dodgers kind of need to extend Trey Turner, and do you think they do this offseason with rumors about him you know, liking the East Coast? Yeah, I, I think they need to. I mean, you, you see what kind of impact he has on the game, and especially on the Dodgers. I mean, his his running, I mean, his speed, it, it changes the game, not just, you know, base running, not just on offense, but on defense. I mean, his, his defense is, in my opinion, way better than Corey Seager's was last year, and Corey Seager was a great Dodger. Um, but I think Trey Turner just brings more aspects to the game that you just don't see that much in, in today's game. I mean, um, you know, he's, he won the batting title last year. He's hitting over 300 this year. He's a core integral part of how of why they're doing so well, and the fact that we haven't even heard of the, an extension offer yet is kind of kind of alarming to me. I mean, I understand that his his interests are on the East Coast. And, you know, he he played for the Nationals for a while, but uh, I, I'd really like to see him in a Dodger uniform for a long time because that core that they have can do a lot of damage. I mean, him, Freeman, Betts alone. Just those three are our core parts of the team, and they're going to be around for a while. So I'd like to see Trey stay. Um, that, that could be a new hashtag, uh, Trey stay. Um, stay but, Trey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because the Padres just load. I mean, A.J. Preller is out of his mind right now. I mean, he got Brandon Drury at the deadline, at the buzzer beater. He got Juan Soto, Josh Bell. He got Josh Hader. Um, it, it's crazy that he got all those guys in, in a span of a couple of days. And Josh Hader actually pitched yesterday already, so... Um, the Padres are an absolute real threat with the Mets and Dodgers now in that top three, that, that core of, of contenders in the NL. And uh, it, it looks like everyone's just trying to trying to face the Yankees in the World Series. I mean, obviously, there's a couple teams that could uh, pose challenges to them, like the Astros. I think I feel like the Astros could probably knock off the Yankees in the AL. But in the NL, it's the Mets, the, the Padres, and the Dodgers. And the Dodgers have a nine-game lead or whatever it is, but I just always feel like the Padres can make a run here and the Dodgers can, you know, you never know with injuries. The Dodgers are getting guys back. It was funny. I saw a tweet that said, uh, breaking, the Dodgers acquired Trevor, uh, actually Dustin May. They acquired Danny Duffy. They acquired Walker Bueller because if you, if you look at it, those guys are actually seen as, as acquisitions because they're coming back off the IL. So I, I understand why the Dodgers kind of stood pat and, and didn't really make any huge moves because, they have great prospects. They have guys coming back from injuries, and they're already eight games up. I didn't get this in in the first segment, but as the voice of the Cardinals on the show, I just wanted to say that the Soto to the Padres was absolutely devastating for the St. Louis Cardinals. That's all I got. That's because you guys wanted to keep Dylan Carlson. I don't know why. What's so special? I mean, I like Dylan Carlson, but I would have traded Carlson, Gorman, and Jordan Walker in a heartbeat for Juan Soto if I could. Mm-hmm. If I knew I could extend him as as 
crazy as that package would have been. Yeah, if the card if the Cardinals wanted to get it done, they could have. They could have. Yeah, they, they wanted best, to keep Carlson. And look, I mean, yeah. and the Dodgers could have gotten it done too, but they didn't want to include Miller. They didn't want to match the Padres with that. AJ and I get Preller, that. I think AJ Preller's just a madman. I think Grant Grant hit it. But the thing about a Carlos Rodon trade that was kind of weird is that he was he's on a one and one, so he has a player option for next yeah, year. Yeah. And the Giants were treating him not as a rental because he's only going to opt into that deal if he's hurt. So it didn't make a ton of sense for teams trying to trade for him. They wanted value on a guy that had another year on his deal, but the team traded yeah. for him. If he got that extra year, if he opted in, it was only because he was going to miss part of the season. So it didn't make a ton of sense. But Grant, you mentioned the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Mets. Give me your prediction on who's who's the team to beat in the National League. Um, we didn't right even now. bring up the national, the defending champs. The Braves are the best team in the National the League. I think they're the best team no. in the National League. I really do. I, I know, Roster wise, I, know, I, I, I could see where you're coming from just because Austin Riley is absolutely tearing it up right now, and he's probably one of my leading MVP candidates. But I, I see the Dodgers when healthy. I mean, they're going to get healthier. I see them just. As, as the best team in the NL. And, and, you know, the Mets with, I mean, Jacob DeGrom yesterday looked absolutely electric. He was going 102. But for him, it's a, it's a, a matter of durability. Is he going to stay healthy? And with him and Max Scherzer at the top with Bassett as the three, I mean, you're going into three-game series, into a five-game series, seven-game series, that three is pretty, pretty good. I mean, you compare the Dodgers to those pitching staff, it's not as good, it's not as good but I do like the offense for the Dodgers better than, say, the, the Mets. Uh, the Padres now, I mean, you could make the case that they're probably the best lineup in baseball. You could make that case. I mean, they have Soto, Machado, Tatis is coming back. Um, Grisham caught fire yesterday, so it looks like he's back on track. Um, yeah, it's going to be such a dogfight in the NL, but I, I do see the Dodgers as number one now. And look, it's such a small sample size because we haven't seen the Padres altogether yet. We haven't seen Tatis yet. Um, and, and the Mets, we haven't seen him with DeGrom and how far DeGrom can go if he's going to be healthy. So um, I do think it's the Dodgers, but I am definitely not counting out the Padres. I mean, the Mets are always up there, but I'm not counting out the Padres. It's, I mean, I, I don't care what the game lead in the West is. If they get in as a wild card, you still got to worry about them. And so sleep- it's going to be those three. You're sleeping on the Braves, dog. I'm telling you, when it comes to October and the Braves beat the Dodgers in a seven-game series, you're going to be like, oh, Brandon, oh, oh, you're so smart. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, that's exactly what you're going to say. I just want to remind everyone I'll that this was the guy who was touting Paolo Bancaro as the number seven prospect in the NFL. Yeah, oh, he's throwing shade at me now. I will give I will give him props. I still think, hey, by the way, I still think he could be the seventh best player in the draft. He still doesn't play defense, and just because he dominated, Donovan Mitchell's the worst defender in the NBA. You're the one that said that you you once you saw him you were like okay I can't maybe he's like four or five but but Keegan Murray's great I still love Jovic's upside and obviously he's not better than Chet Holmgren and uh Jaden Ivey so I mean I like Paulo but hey I'm not defending whatever I'm moving on to this people throwing shots at me it's fine it's okay I wanted to ask you about Josiah the meeting with uh Kevin Durant that's going to happen this week Grant what do you think's going to happen I made a TikTok about this my TikToks haven't been doing well please please uh (laughs) please go give me some support Brandon Estoy right now uh i've really it's it's yeah my self-esteem is very down right now i'm kidding i don't let that get to me but i wanted to ask will he rescind his trade request in this meeting or will he add his preferred destinations to the two best packages right now in boston and toronto what do you think happens in this meeting first of all i want to say about your tiktok it's not your fault it's just a dead period in the nba right now it's kind of in sports but um yeah in in terms of kevin durant I, i do think that 
him meeting with Joe Sy is kind of to say, or I think Joe Sy is meeting him to say, hey, let's try to work this out with Tyree. Let's run it back for one more year. Let's try to do something with this. Because um, we have a great team. You know, with the moves that they made, you can kind of say, hey, they're one of the best teams in the East right now. I mean, if you run it back with KD and Tyree and you have Royce O'Neal now, um, you re-signed all your guys, Claxton, Patty Mills. Um, I, I'd say that's a pretty good team. So I think Joe Sy is going, hey, let's meet. Let's let's figure this thing out. I know that it wasn't a great year last year, but I feel you know I feel like he's saying, let's run this thing back at least one more year and see what we can do. Because if healthy, I, I like their team, honestly. So I think Joe Sy is kind of recruiting him to say, hey, come back. Let's see what we got. Because uh, the trade offers we're getting are underwhelming. So and I think that's what the meeting is about. I, I, I'm also wondering, Grant, do you think it's contingent upon Kyrie Irving being traded? Because I think there's an extreme reluctance that Durant, I, I don't think he wants to play with Kyrie Irving. As many reports say he does, I don't think he does. It's so funny that, that you say that because just last year and a couple of years ago, everyone was saying he only wants to play with Kyrie Irving. And now he's, <laughs> he switches to and he's kind of seen what it's like to play with him. He's like, ah, maybe not. Maybe I should try something else. So, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I'm not going to say it's contingent on it. I'm just going to say that I think KD's c- trying to find his own lane. I think he's just trying to be like, okay, I, I want to go somewhere where I can succeed. I'm not going to worry about anybody else. And I think Joe Sy's there, and, and, and you know, Sean Marks is there to say, hey, look, we can run it back and be a very competitive team with you only, or with you and Kyrie. So I, I think. He's just trying to get KD back. I mean, Kyrie's such a loose cannon. I'm not really sure what what he's up to right now. I he's mean, probably he's throwing Sage somewhere, Mister Kyrie. Yeah, Irving. he's doing a whole bunch of open runs and pro runs with guys and doing uh, you know foundation stuff. So I, I don't know what his deal is, but with KD, he loves to hoop. So I just think he wants to hoop on his own, be on a contending team, and and go from there. Grant, in terms of the LeBron James contract extension, it's he's eligible to sign it starting tomorrow, Thursday, August 4th. Um, in terms of him actually signing it, we, we really don't have any inclination that he's going to take it immediately. But who knows? What are your thoughts on in terms of how this plays out? And what is the absolute worst case scenario? Like how, how bad could this get if LeBron does not sign it within the given time frame? Uh, it, it could be catastrophic for the Lakers, I think, because if, if he doesn't sign it, you're going into the year with an unknown. And, you know, they've already, I mean, there's been no movement on the Kyrie trade, and that, that was kind of like a thing to lure him to sign it. Um, and, you know, as a Laker fan, I'd be worried because you go into this year without an extension, you know, with AD, you know, he's a question mark with his health. Um, I Ultimately, let, let me just say this. Ultimately, I do think he signs it. I mean, he just posted a video of, him and his two sons working out in the Lakers facility with Lakers coaches. It seems like he he absolutely loves LA, um, and LA's you know come around to him. I, I remember early on they didn't, but I, I know that the title kind of helped. But uh, I, I do think he stay. I do think he does sign the extension regardless of the Kyrie situation, just because look, it's great for his brand. It's great. It's great for his his name. It's great for his kids. I mean, his kids go to school here, so um, I do think that he wants to make it work in LA, but. If he doesn't, I mean, it, it, it's catastrophic for the Lakers because they have two picks, two first-round picks, 27-29. We all know that. Not much of a future after LeBron unless they just absolutely acquire a whole bunch of picks in a trade. Um, so it, it could be catastrophic, but 
I, I do see him signing. I mean, LA is, I think, where he wants to be. He's already done Cleveland tours twice. So yeah, I think he wants to stay here. Yeah, and uh, Grant, I wanted to add on that. I came out with an article today. Nice little plug for myself, my TikTok, and my uh, my BallerSportsDialogue.substack.com. Bro, come on, man. I, I know, but this is a great article. You know, I, I spent a lot of time on this. So An NBA halt, why Brooklyn and Utah have the association at their disposal, and why skepticism remains on whether LeBron James will sign an extension this week when he's eligible. And this is because, like, yeah, he'll get the two years, $97 million. I do think he'll sign that because that still makes him an unrestricted free agent when Bronny is going to be drafted, right, whoever drafts him. I do think he remains a Laker until then. At this point, though, he also still wants to put pressure on the Lakers. I think we're, we're, you know, he's still a GM. He wants Kyrie Irving. He knows he made a mistake with Westbrook. He wants Kyrie Irving. And I know there's a reluctance for Palenka to add that second pick. But I think at some point, this, this Kevin Durant meeting will kind of say a lot, Grant, because if he says, hey, I don't care, I could come back without Kyrie, then what does Brooklyn do? Because then if they have Kevin Durant, they still want to compete. You know, you can't just take on... Uh, you know, find a third team, I guess, to take on Westbrook and buy out and take the two picks. I mean, it's it kind of gets it gets very complicated there. But at some point, I do think he's going to sign this extension. I wanted to ask you though, Grant, about the Rams. You know, training camp is has gone on. The Rams are you know fully loaded. Cooper Cup looks great again, looking to replicate that year. But Van Jefferson, I know with the injury that just happened to Van Jefferson. I know we were talking about him being a steal in uh, fantasy football. Jake mentioned that too, and how he's going to have a big year alongside Allen Robinson. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, Jake's pretty high on him for, for good reason. I mean, I've always had a lot of optimism around Van Jefferson, but the, the surgery is kind of alarming because I, I, if I remember correctly, he did have a minor procedure after the Super Bowl. He was playing through an injury, a knee injury, the, you know, basically the half of last year, which is pretty remarkable. Um, but, you know, I think what this does, though, I think it, makes the OBJ signing a lot more of a priority. I mean, now you kind of, because with Van Jefferson, this is a minor surgery. I mean, it's not going to keep him out for months and months and months. I, I think Sean McVay said something like three to four weeks at the most. So, I mean, that's good to hear. But with this wide receiver depth, I'm, it's kind of thin. I mean, you go Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, great too. After that, it's Van Jefferson, Ben Skoranek, um, maybe Tutu Atwell, who they drafted last year, that's not really that great, it's, especially for their schedule. I mean, they have one of the hardest schedules, like I've said time and time again. So I think signing OBJ is probably a main priority at this point. I mean, he, even if he comes back week eight, whatever, week nine, whatever it may be, Ben Jefferson's health and his knee questionability, I mean, I, it, it's, it's tough for me because, uh, you know, when he comes back, is he going to be fully healthy? Is he going to be the same guy he was last year? I'm high on Van Jefferson, but this this knee injury, there's a lot of questions around it. I I think signing OBJ now is going to be one of their main priorities, unless Snead knows how to get it done. So I'm not really worried. Uh, Grant, one minute here, and and this is sort of like a long-winded question, but there's 10 players who were on the Lakers roster last year that may not be in the league this year. A lot of talk about Westbrook and guys who are hurt. That's crazy i mean that, that that's that's an incredible stat when you talk about a team that a year ago was a championship contender all those 34 year old guys trevor carmelo whatnot again i'm putting you on the spot 60 seconds that's a big deal and i think the lakers because of that will be a playoff team yeah i mean I, all those guys last year i mean it, it was kind of you know these guys were older you know they were kind of past their prime 
Um, I, I do think the Lakers will get back to contention because of that. They got young, they got athletic, they got defensively minded. Um, and Darvin Ham's a great defensive coach. We saw what he did in Milwaukee. Um, but all those guys not being on the roster is kind of, it's telling. I mean, Dwight Howard can still be a serviceable big. Wayne Ellington can shoot still, but he just can't play defense. Kent Bazemore, I mean, he, he started off well, didn't do that well at the end of the year. Carmelo Anthony can still be serviceable for, for a contending team as a shooter. I mean, I, I heard that the Warriors may have been interested. I don't think that'll work out, but that's, that's a possibility. So all these guys, I mean, yeah, it's telling about how, the Lakers were constructed last year. They went for guys past their prime. They went for guys that were older, and now they kind of flipped the script, and Rob Plinka said, hey, let's get young, let's get defensive-minded, let's get athletic, and let's see what we can do with that around LeBron and AD as opposed to guys that you know were proven before and not now. So, Yeah, no doubt about that, Grant. You're the best. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.